Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Blazers have won two out of three. The defense is buzzing. The shooting has improved. Could this team make a run at the... Okay, never mind. We're not going to go that crazy on the Blazer Focus podcast and talk about playoffs, but they are playing better. It's good to see. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian and Oregon Live, joined by Craig Burnback. Craig, man, it's been a minute. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, you know. Had family. Did it at my house. Didn't have to travel. Nice. You know? Nice. Good. Did you, did you get- cook? Did you make a cookie? Uh, a cookie? Did you make a turkey? Did you carve it up? I I carved it a little. You know, I don't know. I cut it up. Like I, you know, like I made slices of stuff. Um, but my wife and my brother came in, my, our better cooks, and told me to uh, my big ziti that I wanted to add to the to the mix was uh, rejected. Your big ziti. So, I grew up with a, an Italian uncle. Okay. And that's part of Thanksgiving is like oh. a lasagna or something like that. But my wife thought that was crazy talk. And uh, so uh, that's messed up, man. And my bro- I, you know, I wanted to do mashed potatoes, my specialty, but my brother said, oh, no, nah, I got it. So, so you got, I, you got shoved out your own kitchen. Yeah, but it was fine. I don't care. Like I got to eat everything, you know? So <laughs> you got we had partake. guest dogs, meaning we had two guest dogs to combine with my dog. So that's kind of a nightmare oh, if anyone's done yeah. that. Like that's not a good time. Yeah, so you I don't was a, be mixing the dogs. I was a dog wrangler. You know, the six year old of the the six year old of the dogs <laughs> is my gig. How about you? Did you have a good one? <laughs> the dog wrangler. Yeah, we went to the in laws, hung out, watched some sports, um, watched football day and ate, you know, traditional Thanksgiving, not, nothing nothing unusual. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was typical and fun and, and cool and ate a lot. And... Now we had we had pecan pie and pumpkin pie. Which one do you like the best? I like I, I, I a slice of both with ice cream with each. You don't like either one of them? I'm not. You know, I lived in the South for almost over a decade, so pecan pie was a big deal. No, man, I like I like. Give me a real fruit. Pumpkins not a real fruit. Apple pie. Apple cherry. Apple's my favorite. Oh, I don't yeah. like cherry. I like pumpkin. And cho- I don't like pecan. No. I got I a chocolate pecan, cream. Not pecan. Ooh, chocolate ooh, cream okay. we added to the mix okay. this year, which is good. That's nice. Because it, it's chocolate. You could put chocolate <laughs> on dirt. And I'd be like, that's good dirt. That's good dirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of good dirt, how about those Blazers? <laughs> playing better. Who were, were, lost eight in a row and were playing like dirt. And then they, you know, they, they, they've been pretty sweet lately. Winning two out of three. Should have beat the Bucks. Mm. Uh, the fact that they played well at the Bucks for one half. Um, and then one at the Pacers, slowing down their 
amazing offense led by Tyrese Halliburton. Nice little run for them. You know, I'm not, not going to lie. Good to see because they were looking really, really bad. They got Brogdon back. The defense is ranked 15th. I, that was one of my five miracles that had to happen for them to make the playoffs. One of them was be decent on defense, and they are decent on defense. There's no doubt about that. So what do you make of this this little hot run by the, by the Blazers? So the problem with your your – your defense thing is you didn't think they'd be last in scoring, right? So that's the problem. They're well, dead last been in scoring. Ann's been out. So Ann's been out. Uh, but that's the uh, that's been the issue is that their the offense is not what we thought uh, for obvious reasons. There was injuries, but they are dead last. One hundred four points a game. They're not. They're. You know, I predicted tons of alley oop dunks and all that. It's that's not happening. Uh, they're not going super fast. Ann's been out. Right, Scoot but it might be different out. than we thought. And Scoot's not been—he's been not great uh, and bad. Like he's back. He's up to not great, but right, he was, but he was bad. Right, so, but he was out then. But he was, he was out. out. The pace, so the pace went down while he was out, and you lost shooting with Ant. So I'm just trying to give them some excuses. But anyway, yeah. continue, continue. Uh, look, they've—they've—they have competed, and you know some of that. Yes. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the pessimist role. We know that teams. Are going to, uh, well, come in and not give their A game in the first couple quarters. Sometimes, right? They look at the record, they look at the the roster, and they think, "Well, this is you know, we'll be fine." And then they wait to turn it on. The Bucks did twenty six point deficit, came back, got the win. But last night, Pacers tried, and this time the Blazers held them off. And I, I think that that's a great. That's a great bounce back. And this is what happens when you add NBA players back into your mix. You know what I mean? Because they're better. Right. You know, Brogdon's an NBA basketball player. He's back in. Uh, he's their go-to guy down the in the clutch. They're going to Brogdon, right? And he's yep. coming through. And Grant's been great. I mean, he he talked about not being comfortable stepping up. Well, if you scored 34 points, you, you've stepped up. So I think that when you um, and Aiton was good, he was good, right? So you had three mm-hmm. NBA players play real well. Um, mm-hmm. So that part's been good. Chauncey's what? It's not the most exciting brand of basketball right now, but he's kept them competitive. They're not that good. They're not going to win a ton of games. So that's the good part. The bad part for me is it's Brogdon and it's Grant, and we know that, right? Like. Sharp's been, you know, his shooting he's, is not he's coming. He's a kid. He's a kid still. Right. Right. And, you know, every game he still gives us something, right? He still gives right. us something. He's not, he tries to dunk on everybody, which I love, and he's athletic. Um, he just doesn't care. You know, and, and he shouldn't because he's going to dunk on everybody at some point, <laughs> and why not? Right. Um, and, you know, his turnovers have been up and down, uh, but his shooting is not good right now. You know, it's just not. It's not consistent, and we need to see that go. And, uh, you know, Scoot came back, and he's played better and in control. But he hasn't shown us what we want to see, that lightning speed. His assist to turnover ratio, not, you know, he's got as many assists as turnovers. That is not a productive NBA basketball player, especially at the point guard position. So he's going to have to get better. But he's been better since he came back, and clearly – they're not depending on him in the same way. They're going to Brogdon. So um, I think that that Billups should feel good 
about the fact that he's understanding his roster and how best to compete. And what I'm interested in seeing going forward is how do you how do you decide how to play Brogdon and Grant and run plays through them to get victories and still elevate Sharp and Scoot to where they're an intricate part of the team, or do you, is it is it, are they not ready yet? I mean, Sharp's got to be is definitely a little shown he can be. Uh, can we get Scoot there? But again, he's played not even a dozen games. Right. Okay. So first things first. Um, their defense is is pretty solid. Like they they get after it. They they try hard. They work hard against some teams. They're just going to be overwhelmed because they just don't. You know, you're just dealing with really good teams who are just going to be able to score. So that's why they're 15th and not 10th or whatever. Um, and the offense, as you say, as you point out, has has not been good. But the positive sign since Brogdon has been back is that the shooting has gotten a lot better, especially on three on threes. So in the last four games, they're shooting 44% on threes. 46% overall while scoring uh, 111, which I think you said they were last at 104. They're averaging 104. So, I mean, that's... Right, so that's the last a, four games, that's, they, they that's And that's, there's no doubt that's with Brogdon coming back and starting and not starting Scoot. Now, Billups said when Scoot came back that Scoot was going to be on a minutes restriction, which he very well might be. I also believe that he's not starting because he shouldn't be starting. Because they're so much better with Brogdon because, like you said, Brogdon's an NBA player and Scoot is not yet. And so, coincidentally, Scoot is actually playing better in the minutes he's playing in because he's not being asked to go out there and start. He's coming in off the bench and spots, shorter bursts, and he's able to give you something productive. His three-point shooting has gotten really good. I think it's five for, or five, five for eight since he's come back or something like that on threes. Um, so they're, they're a way better basketball team constructed like that with Brogdon starting. And Scoot coming off the bench. Now, Shaden has fallen off big time. He was on a nice run there, but his last eight games, dude, 32% shooting, 24% on threes. Uh, so, he's, you know, he's still giving you, what, 15 points a game or whatever, five assists, 13 points a game. But he, efficiency-wise, just not even where he needs right, to be Right, his turnovers are like all. four a game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's he's just still a kid, and that's fine. So... Having, you know, when Anthony comes back, maybe in the next week, the best move if you want to win is to start Brogdon and Ant. Maybe you keep Kamara at the three, and then you just bring Shaden off the bench at the two and the three as a scoring punch, thus taking pressure off of him as you did Scoot. And I think those two will be way better in the second unit. Now, people get caught up in the whole developing thing. There's no law that's ever been written or nothing that's ever or a blueprint that's ever said that you can't develop coming off the bench. It's just crazy to me that people are like, yes, to develop, so throw them out there for 35 minutes and have them be crap. Why? Have them play 25 minutes off the bench and be better and learn from watching the other guys. You can still develop that way. Kobe did it. I always come back to that. Whenever people say, you should do that. No, Kobe played 15 minutes a game as a rookie. Then he played 26 minutes a game. Then he became a full-time starter. So let these kids grow slowly off the bench if you want to win. That's what I think is going to happen because I do think that they're trying to build a culture and part of building a culture is not doing things that you know are going to cause you 
to not win, especially when you have veterans on this team who are going to look at you and go, why are you starting Scoot over Malcolm? Or why are you still starting Sharp when he can't shoot when Ant comes back? So I think that's what we're going to do, what they're going to do, but we'll see. So I would disagree in who I would start. <laughs> um, I don't disagree with your blueprint. I just what I try to remind people is that Kobe was the 13th overall draft pick. You know what I mean? Like Kobe was, he came straight out of high school, but it was a different time in the NBA where, where he got traded. And, and now Kobe with what he did at the high school level. And if he was draft eligible, he would not go 13 because uh, play, they're not, they're, they're looking for younger talent and, and the impact uh, is faster. Uh, I would start, doesn't make it so right. I, you're just you're just telling me that no, it's no, stupid just saying it, now. It was, but they guys sat on the bench without playing longer back then. Right. If and he they, was too young, I know. But my point is, they still yeah. developed. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, yes. so you but can I'm develop playing too. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You don't have to start and spit up all over yourself for 35 minutes a game to develop. That's and the I'm Lakers saying. are trying to win when they got him. You know. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I just say, he loved to say Kobe. It's like commence. It's commence. So I would start – I would split up the youngsters. And I, you got to start Simons. So in my opinion, I'd start Simons and Sharp because that makes more sense to me. Sharp's playing better. He's more advanced, and his natural position is the two. And Simons, to me, is your best lead guard. And then I would bring Brogdon and Scoot off the bench because okay. I want I, I want to keep Kamara in there. Because he's been great. And you're right. The reason why they're winning games is defense. And Kamara, I mean, he chasing people 90 feet. You know, he's picking them up, and that's causing problems. So I wouldn't want to sit Kamara down, and I wouldn't want to put Sharp at the three because I think he's a two. So, but I'm not mad at you if you do it the other way. You know, what you're saying makes sense. You have a much better chance to win. I just don't know if Scoot and, and Sharp playing a lot of minutes together is helpful to not just the overall development of them, which I don't, but if you are trying to win and they're playing together, that might, that might not be great. So I would like to keep the, and again, I think that Brogdon's going to play, you know, 20, 28 minutes. Um, he's not, you don't want Brogdon to get hurt and you know, he can't, his body's not, he doesn't take a lot of minutes, right? I mean, I don't want to but play can, him 35 but minutes. You can, but, but you can start him and not play him 30 minutes. Right. And, and that's, no again, that you I would just minutes. do it differently, and we'll see what they do. I would like to split them up. I'd like to get a, a vet with, you know, teamed up on both quote-unquote teams. Start Simons and Sharp together. Those positions line up. Brogdon is a guard. And he's not like Simons as far as just a, a he's he look he's a very there's a reason why he was six man of the year he's a really good player um, he's not the shooter that Simons is and I, I Simons is better so but I think Scoot could play the two and Brogdon I mean Scoot could play the one and Brogdon could play the two and to me that's a better that's a better pairing. I haven't seen it much, so I can't really back it up, right? Because, you know, but I just in my head and watching them. But look, if you want to win basketball games, if that's your primary goal, your lineup's better than mine. Um, And you can still do the things that you're saying. So I'm not here slamming 
you're I mean, you are crazy and you're wrong a lot, but I'm not saying whoa, whoa, that whoa, you're <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, that's slander, and I will get my attorneys on you. Wrong a lot, wrong every once in a while, son, maybe. Anyway, I'm just saying, like, I don't I would do it differently, but I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say that you're crazy for coming up with that. Um I am interested to see what Billups does because that's what this whole season's about, is like this this whole chemistry of how do you put the parts together and for what purpose? Well, here, here's my trump card. I was saving the ace of spades. Okay. So they came into the season. We're going to start Scoot because he's a third pick. And they, I think they felt like they needed to start him. Right? Scoot getting hurt took them off the hook for that. Because it's, it was obviously he was the fourth best point guard on the team. It was extremely telling when... Brogdon went down and Skylar Mays went in there and played way better than Scoot Henderson had been playing. Yep. So the G League guy who was on a two-way deal was clearly better than your number three pick. Now that guy's disappeared from the rotation. Done play. And My guy don't Scoot's play. Back, I bought the, right? I bought the, Skylar Mays. I bought the, the, you know, I bought the jersey for nothing. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> he just disappears from the rotation because Scoot is is Scoot. Um, to me, you you keep it as it is. Scoot shouldn't be starting until he's ready to start because it just wasn't good. And so let him grow slowly. That's what he needs. That's what I predicted he needs. And yes, I'm going to talk. I wish I well, I'm not going to talk about it. Because I took a lot of heat, but that's okay. The, the, the main thing I think that's going to play out here is that Malcolm Brogdon is not a part of this team's future. Yes. They need to try and get as much as they can from him. And you can get more out of him if you let him continue to play at a high level in the starting lineup with your starters doing the things that he does so that other teams out there who think, oh, I need a point guard or, oh, maybe I need a backup guard in general are going to be able to see this body of work. And so that's why I'm keeping Brogdon out there because I'm showcasing him. And two, and you've already basically stated that Ant is a two. And so to have him starting at the one with Sharp, who's extremely struggling, doesn't make much sense to me. I think you want to keep Ant at the two because that was your overall goal. He's still going to do some one. But in that regard, the best backcourt then is Brogdon and Ant. So you can showcase Brogdon and can play where you think he's best at the two. And you still got Scoot and Shaden come off the bench and getting their minutes. I do see what you're saying with having them play together, but they'd be playing together against other teams' twos. And you can still do things where you sort of mix and match how you know how the lineups look, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing's in stone necessarily. But anyway, for me, the most important thing they can do in the next two months, with the trade deadline is in the February, right? So two and a half months, is is get what you can out of Grant, out of Brogdon. And to do that the best way is to let that guy start and play and do what he's been doing. Because you're going to get a first-round pick out of him if he continues to play the way he's been playing. So my thing is, the more you play him, the more risk you have from him getting hurt, in a way. And I mean, I guess. I think the league knows. I don't think he – the league knows. He's sixth man of the year. He's not a rookie. I, I don't think you have to, playing him an extra eight minutes is going to matter, and starting or not starting, because they already know what they got, and they'll understand if he comes off the bench. And he's they're not going to think his skill – skills are going to diminish in this short period of time. So I think you're going to get what you're going to get from Brogdon as long as he stays healthy. I mean, obviously, you know, you see what happened with Williams. Like, you don't want that. So 
Um, I'm not worried about that. I also, we still don't know what Simon's future is. And Simon's a lead guard. I mean, you say you think he's a two. I think he's a lead guard. Well, Well, they're wrong. He's he's a lead guard. He's a dominant scoring guard who can handle. And in this league, there are no more point guards, but he's not 6'6", so, and he's never going to guard. So I think if if you were to trade, look, I don't see a world where Simons and Scoot are the long-term future of the Blazers. We've talked about this over and over again. CJ and Dame, like it didn't, they tried. Best case scenario, they're as good as that. And they're not bigger. So, or much bigger. So I, I don't know. I think Simons, if you trade him, is going to be a lead guard, and he's a him playing outstanding in that lead guard position might get you two first round picks. You know what I mean? Like I'm just saying, like so. Uh, but I, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to go in the semantics. I'm just whatever. We'll see what Billups does. The minutes are going to be there for all four of these players, unless Scoot really can't play, and then eventually he'll play less. Um, but yeah, that's worst case scenario. Brogdon's going to play 25 to 35 minutes a game. Sharp's going to play. I mean, right now Sharp's playing 36 minutes a game. Like that's too many. <laughs> you know, like, and that's because they all the injuries and Simons right. was out. But when Simons gets back and he's held, he'll be on a minutes restriction probably in the beginning. But he does play 36 minutes a game. So, uh, but okay. the positionless we'll NBA allows you to do other stuff with other players and Kamara. I mean, he's a true three, but you can, he could play the four for a few minutes. You know, you're not trying to win a championship right now. Um, Move it around, figure it out. Um, But we'll see. I mean, it's obviously Billups is having this discussion with his coaching staff and they're looking forward to Simon's coming back and they've already, they might already have the plan and we'll see what it does. And it might change. We both might both be right in the same week. Yeah, exactly, the you know what I mean? Week. Like exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. That's probably almost a given. So let, let's move on to, to Jeremy, who's just been Ball. carrying this squad offensively. I mean, he, he, he's he's a completely different guy than he was in Detroit when he had to do that. Uh, he, he's draining shots. He's draining clutch shots. He, he's Getting doing what rim. he pretty much did the first Ooh. month last season when he was just on fire. Uh, he's really developing into a legitimate go-to uh, player who, you know, I mean, shoot, man, had they kept Dame and traded for Aiton, uh, he, Don't Aiton do Grant, it. Don't do I'm it. Ju- <laughs> I'm just saying that would have been a pretty potent three. Um, but what do you make, what do you make of him? And like, like, can you see a situation where they're like, you know, shoot, man, this guy keeps going the way he's going. Uh, we need to keep him because he's going to be a part of our future, regardless of the fact he's 29. Or do you think he's just playing his way into a good haul via trade for the Blazers. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere this year because I don't think that contract – I think they you got to get to a place where that contract – it's not terrible, but I don't know how many people are going to – how many playoff teams are going to look at him and say, we want him to score 30 a game, right? I mean, that's the one thing about Grant is that um, this is the first time he's done this and he's looked great and it can only help, but um, – if they got rid of Grant right now, oh boy. Like, you know, at some point you need to buy players. And, you know, obviously if someone came forward with some kind of amazing deal with a young talent and maybe some more first rounders, but um, I just don't see him being a, 
you know, when he's 31, he won't be doing this. And that's when that's two years. Right. And that's when you're kind of hoping the 19 and 20 year olds are starting to take control. So when I talk about long-term future, I just mean like Grant didn't sign this contract because he thought he was going to be on a contending Blazers team. He signed it because it was a lot of money and he understood that they were going to give him more than anyone else and that he might not uh, stay the whole time that he, you know, for his old contract. Uh, but I, I don't think, do you think it, do you even, do you think it's a possibility they trade him this year? It depends on if they got the right offer. I mean, right, of course, I, but I, I mean, yeah. I don't, I just, I, I don't think people are going to be that afraid of the contract. If you, if you're, Okay, so I guess it just depends on the team, but okay, I'll it go just to my bulls. it just takes I, I like a lot of bulls. space for multiple know, years. But, but let's take Chicago. Let, let's say okay, that, the Bulls said we'll give you a couple of players that equal his salary and a first round pick. And we'll take you know. To me, if the Bulls had Jeremy Grant, it, I think it would just it would change that team. They're, they're not going to be great, but it would just change them. They need someone like him. Um, if if you're the Blazers and, and you're you're don't think he's a part of your future, then you would take those players who probably would have expiring contracts or maybe just one or two years left on their deal, and you're getting the pick, the first or the second or whatever. So, I, I just think that there's going to be that there could be, I should say, a team out there that's not going to be afraid of thirty. Is that about thirty-three million a year? That's chump change right Five now. Five years, four years after 29. this one. I know, but he's still going to be in his prime. Thing. But he's still going to be in his prime. Oh. So I'm just 34? saying. You're paying him thirty-two well, million. The la- okay, so the la- I mean the last. Yeah, but at thirty, but by, by the time he's thirty-four, thirty-four million. I mean, top players in the NBA are going to be making eighty. <laughs> so it's just I mean, proportionally. I, I get it's that. Not, it's just a, so all the things. It depends, it depends on the team, but I, I mean, I just. People always, I don't know. The, the Blazers just took Aiden. I mean, Aiden's younger, but they just took Aiden at 34. I mean, I just think there could be someone out there who's going to give you some draft capital, give you some shorter contracts, who's going to say, we need a guy like Jeremy Grant in our lineup because that makes us infinitely better. And if we can get him that way, because how? Because you can't, you're not going to be able to sign him, a guy like him necessarily, if you're over the cap. So the way you get him is by yep. taking lesser lesser players on sh- shorter contracts, throw in a pick, and then you get a guy like that. So I can totally see where a team out there would roll the dice and go for it. You know, and maybe, and maybe you're right. Maybe it doesn't happen this year. Maybe it happens next summer or maybe yeah. next year's trade deadline. But I just can't imagine that they believe that by the time they're ready to make noise in the West, that Jeremy Grant at, oh, you know. 100% is, agree with that. I just yeah, don't think I it's just, this year. I just think this year they not. need him to just be. I mean, maybe. It depends people, on the offer, but you're right. Yeah. To, just to watch. And and I don't think there's there, – you're not going to get a ridiculous – the difference between him being 29 and 30 doesn't change the deal you're going to get, in my opinion. Of course, he could get hurt. And, of course, someone could come and say, hey. But, I mean, I look at – you know, obviously, you talk about the Bulls. I talk about the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks have struggled to find a, you know, a three, you know, slash four, like that we know is consistent. I mean, we we've got – yeah, we – there's no we. The Knicks have Josh Hart playing the four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not that he's amazing, but that's not ideal. And but I don't know if they'd be ready this year to move off all these parts. Um, I just think if the Blazers were to trade him now, you are 
you are literally going to be losing. Okay, so let's like, let's say I'm let's, not how you win any games without him. No, but let, okay, but let's segue into another topic then that I I wrote about since yeah we haven't talked since I wrote about it. So they played OKC. Yep. Right. OKC rolled up in here with an extremely deep and talented roster led by Young. a true number one. Right. Young. And then Chet looks ridiculous. So okay. Good. Right. So one of the reasons why I asked the question in the summer that I got trashed for about tanking versus trying to win was, and I mentioned it even that day to, to Cronin was you got to keep up with teams like Oklahoma city and Houston, which have stacked talent. So to be honest with you, they're not even remotely close to being able to keep up with with that unless Aiden, you know, becomes twenty four and twelve. They're not. Scoop they're not becomes, close. There's no unless. Scoop, they're not. Scoop becomes Rose, and yeah. you know, well, or O'Shea becomes Devin Booker, which he's been compared to. Right? If that happens, then okay, yeah, you're 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 stacked, right? But the odds of all that happening not necessarily great. So they need more picks, and so if, if trading Grant gets me a first round pick and some expiring deals. And oh, I'm gonna stink and guarantee I get a top three or four pick. That's to me, that's almost what they gotta do. Cause you gotta keep pace. Because right now they're they're gonna be left in the dust for many years to come by Houston and OKC based on just sheer talent on the roster and size. The Blazers, the Blazers' best two prospects are six two and six four. These other cats, they got six six, six seven, six nine, six eleven. So Seven, hey. what's Chet? Seven, two? Seven, yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you're t- anything that can get me into Seven, the top five, five, anything that can get me into the top five and another pick, well, you're, do it. You're preaching, you're preaching to the choir because you know what I've said. Worst thing that can happen to this team is making the play in or the, or the playoffs. And I, I'm with you. I'm just saying what the Blazers have shown that they don't want to win 12 games on the season. You know what I mean? They, they want to sell some kind of product. Um, but no, if you're trying to get the fastest route to a championship for this team is to to get another to get another top three pick, absolutely no doubt. Um, so I think they could get there by winning 25 games with with Grant. You know, what I mean, I I don't think they're going to be good this year. I just don't know if they're willing to have a product where nobody's watching and nobody's going because that's what you'll have. We tickets already sold. Yeah, but they stop going and they don't, yeah. you know, and, and no one watches. It's a problem. And they're trying to, they, and we are not sure what the business angle is of this franchise. We could just guess that they have continually tried to tell people they're not tanking, <laughs> even when they were, you know, and that they were going to build around someone when they weren't. I mean, they haven't even officially, done, you know, Admitted to a rebuild, <laughs> you know it's kind of like mm, oh, they kind of have. They kind of. I mean, they they don't. Well, they had to, but you know what I'm saying. Like it, it took like everything took, happened it took all summer. Yeah, like it took the whole world to be like, come on now, stop. <laughs> like come on now. Uh, but I mean, part of that is they took back Brogdon and they're playing him. So what you're saying is kind of counter. If you're going to trade Grant, then don't start Brogdon. <laughs> you know because you know like. You're going to lose more games if you you play him less, uh, and I still think he'll get traded. But I, I'm well, with that's you. That's why I you think move that, him. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, I, yeah. I would trade Brogdon. But to me, Brogdon, his contract is different. He's injury prone. He, no one's going to think uh, – I don't think he is a – he's a bonus player while Grant could be 
the way he's playing now and the way he's getting paid, Grant is a, you know, he's a jewel on the crown, right? You don't pull in a $160 million contract five years because you want to, you don't, you want him to play 22 games for you. You have to think about the next year and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of a different situation. Um, or it's a team that thinks they're two years away, not four or five, like the Blazers. Um, yeah. But hey, you know, this is what I like. I like when he's got the ball, I want to see what he wants to do, what he's going to do, which you kind of need, you know, I never last year and years past in his career, you kind of knew he was going to either shoot the three, try to drive, or he's going to pass it, right? Like he wasn't going to, I mean, he's taking people to the hole with ease too. I'm like, Ooh, like this is a clutch basket. Oh, he just got a layup, like a layup. You know, how'd he get there? Like, Who'd they think was going to go? You know, did you, you think he was going to give it to Kamara? Cause he was, you know, like he's, he's going against defenses that are focusing on him and he's beating them. And that's yep. impressive. Yeah. And we'll see how long Absolutely. he can stay healthy, which is one thing he's been able to do in his career. Yeah. So did you get a chance to watch uh Blazers versus Dame? Yeah, I, I actually caught the second half, so I didn't see them dominate. Uh, and then they were I on fire I, in the first half. They could miss a three, it seemed like, and then in the second half, not so much. Third quarter, not great. Fourth quarter, terrible. Um, yep. And and you know, I kept on waiting. Now Dame, he he free throwed him to death, which is a Dame yes, thing. He did. But he did not 14, hit the three. He kept. No. He had those threes that I was like, oh, that's gonna nope. Oh, that's it. Nope. Um, he did Giannis tie it with a step back, though. He tied it with a step back. That he was did, nice. But, yeah. like, he did. And Giannis is just a beast. Um, it's interesting to watch them because people are – there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, it's not working and what's going to happen. And they're 12 and 5. You're like, they're 12 yeah, and 5. No, they're 12 they and played five. together 17 games at 12 and 5. <laughs> they're second in the East. It's, and, yeah, Boston beat them and they went down big. Um, obviously, they got to figure it out. But they're 12 and 5. And they're going to figure it out. And yeah, that the foul wasn't a foul. That was a good call. Yeah. I mean, that was a clean block. And yeah, I, Chauncey said it. They did not. You can't, you can't throw up all over yourself. Like you have to have, <laughs> that's what they did. They threw up all of themselves in the last, you know, uh, quarter and down the stretch. And that's what I look, I'm rooting for Dame. I want him to win. It's like if the Knicks can't win at this point, it used to be if the Knicks can't win, I'd want, you know, covering the Blazers, I want them to have success. But, man, I would like to see Dame win a championship. So I'm down with that. I don't usually have a rooting interest outside my – I root for players. I like watching certain guys. I love watching Giannis just because his game is different. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he – I, to me, he was – it's like, remember – Go go gadget, the cartoon. Go go gadget arms. The guy's arms just like robotic, just extended. Like we're we're about the same age. I I don't even know, but I don't um, think I watched that. Go ahead. But anyway, that's to me like he gets close to the rim, and all of a sudden his arm goes another six inches. You know what I mean? Like to either dunk or lay it in. And uh, I'm just always Go go. I forget what it's called. Go go gadget. It's not Inspector Gadget? Inspector Gadget. Gadget. There you go. He said, go, go, Gadget. Well, that was his song. People know. If you're like uh, my age, you're like, go, go, Gadget. You know, they know. 
But okay. I love watching him play, and I'm interested anyway. to see. They're not pick and rolling those two that often, which is just bizarre to me. Uh, they know better than I do, but I feel like I know better than they do. In this situation, I'm like, hey, why don't you do the pick and roll with those two? It seems like it'd be magical, but okay. You want to do something else? Um, but yeah, I just felt so, the Blazers just couldn't execute, and I thought it was going to happen again. And that's what was impressive against the Pacers. They didn't. Brogdon and Grant did. did not let it happen. Right. So Damian downplayed having the Blazers come there before the game, saying, you know, it's not that big a deal. It'll be a much bigger deal when I go back to Portland. And in the article I wrote leading up to the game, I pointed out that, you know, it's a it's an interesting situation because the roster has changed so much, right? He's not going against CJ, Nurk, coached by Stotts. You know, the, the only player on the team he, he played with multiple years is Anthony, and Anthony wasn't playing. Right. He played one year with Grant. Yeah, one year with Grant, one year with Shade, and one year with, with Jabari, and then a half a season with Matisse that I can remember off the top of my head, right? That's it. So, and he pointed that out too. It's like the roster is different. That just shows how much the roster has changed in the last two yeah. years, let alone one year. Um, but Brennan and I on the Oregonian podcast talked about this topic because she, she thinks that Bla- – that, I mentioned how the reception for CJ was just amazing when CJ came yeah. back. And I would think the reception for Dan would be greater. She argues, though, that she doesn't think so. She thinks there might be some sourness against Dane because of how things went down, which I disagree with. I think most fans get it. Even the whole picking one team thing and, and the, the power struggle they had, I, I just can't imagine. I mean, if Blazer fans let that whole thing cause them to be sour on Damien at all, I would just be just floored and disappointed. So anyway, what do you think? Bigger reception than CJ? Of course, it's a couple months out, but bigger reception, same reception or less? I can't imagine not being bigger. I mean, he's bigger. You know, CJ's jersey's not going to be retired. Damien's You don't think so? I don't know. I don't know how they retire numbers of the Blazers. They retire a lot of jerseys in this place, but we'll see. But not not like recently, like as far as players that it's all off of like two teams, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I Dame is, Dame is definitely, he, he's the all time leading scorer. Like he was everything. He was, um, he was perfect for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like that's not, if you're going to let the last month where he had every right to get be ticked, sour you then that's weird and i think when the arena the arena is filled with people that know not the ones on the message boards <laughs> good point i mean there's some of them there but the ones that are <laughs> sour on him they, they're not the ones that are there the twitter I, nuts I, don't have don't have and even if you're a little tickets. sour you still got to give back you know what i mean like i could be mad at uh at someone for breaking up with me but that doesn't mean they're the worst person in the world I have to show respect for what they did, you know, while we're in the relationship and, and Dame never didn't give it his all. And, you know, to think that he did anything wrong, um, that would, that was so egregious that you wouldn't stand up and thank him. I I don't think Blazer fans are like that. I'd be floored. And I made this point too, that, if there were people who were upset because he forced his way out and what happened to the loyalty and blah, 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 blah. To me, the fact that Scoot has gotten off to such a bad start is just absolutely the cherry on top to show what Dame believed 
about the situation. He didn't believe that Scoot Henderson was going to do a damn thing for him in trying to win. There are some people who did. There are some people who thought, oh, man, you come, Scoot's going to be amazing. You come play with him. We're going to be amazing. Why are you doing this? Well, I think you're seeing that Scoot's not even remotely close to being capable of helping Damian elevate the franchise and contend, which is one of the reasons why Dame wanted out immediately after the draft. So I would hope, I see you frowning, but my point is that was a lot of the mentality that was out there over the summer, that yeah. they're drafting a generational transcendent talent who's going to come in and be amazing and that he and Dame are going to start together and be amazing. And Dame was like, yeah, no, that's not what's going to happen at all. This kid's not ready. And now we've seen he's not ready. So this, that's in that slow start by him. And I'm not even dogging Scoot because I don't know why anyone expected him to be amazing out the gate anyway. He's only 19 and didn't play that great in the G League. But it just reaffirms why Dame wanted out. Because he's like, this is a joke. They're not trying to build, they're, they're not trying to win. They're not serious about winning, which is what they told me they were. They were serious about winning. This is not being serious about winning. Oh, well, I agree with that. I just think it's a, I was frowning because I think the same people that thought that Dame and Scoot could win championships are the same people now that are saying that Scoot's a bust. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, these are just not, these are emotional people. They're not Blazer fans to the core, right? Like right. true Blazer fans understood why Dame wanted out. They might be mad. And, and, and if you're, you see it, people are like, you know, Scoot's a bust. He, you know, can't play him after 12 games at 19. So I just feel they're the same people, but I think the people that'll be in the arena and the true Blazer fans will stand up and cheer for him. I mean, they, they'll cheer. I agree. For Carmelo Anthony. Like he's, you know, I mean, like they are, they're an appreciative fans. If you gave effort. Um, right. Right. And if you don't, that's a shame. Like that doesn't say a lot for you as a fan, in my opinion, like if you don't cheer for a returning Damian Lillard, look, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of Blazer games and I'm shocked at Bonzi Wells love. I'm shocked at, you know, the love that, you know, Rudy Fernandez gets, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying like, this is a franchise that once a Blazer, always a Blazer. Joe Prisbilla can walk in and, and, and he, it's like, he's a, a hall of famer, you know, because right. he gave effort. And um, so if you turn your back on Damian Lillard, that's to me insane because he asked for a trade after At age 33, <laughs> after the team drafted two 19 year olds dropped his replacement. And, right. And didn't make the moves they said they were going to like, to yeah. me, that's crazy. And even if you think again, like even if you think he should have stayed and tried, Whatever, man. You you still have to appreciate what he did while he was here because he never didn't give maximum effort. He played hurt. He was perfect in the community. Uh, uh, and no one's perfect, but you know what I'm saying. Like, he did everything right for the franchise, and he represented you well. And he also was on those teams that sucked for a little bit and gave you the bright spot. But the reason why you didn't suck for long was because he was that good. This is true. This because is they true. didn't have great talent. And he he willed him to the playoffs at times because he was that good. And look, I love CJ. But without Damian Lillard, CJ hasn't been as good. You know, he's been beat up and hurt. But everyone talks about him being borderline all-star. They haven't been talking about that in the last couple seasons, you know? So, um, 
I'm just saying, like Damon Lillard made CJ better, um, as well, and, and and many other players better while they were there. Speaking of other players, I got to bring it up. It's not on our list. Mo Harkless, Mo Harkless with the remix. What's oh, that all yeah. about? Can you give? Can you let me know about that? What do we know? I, I don't know. You know, I saw that. I don't think I posted on that yet. Maybe well, he's a New Yorker, you know, uh, so I got a, yeah. I got a little love for him. I don't know that. That's pretty wild, man. I think he was How playing he? in is China. He, I didn't know he was still playing. Was he playing in China? Yeah, I remember huh. looking it up, and he was on. There was some other NBA player on that team, and I was like, oh, that's probably a good combination. But apparently, it wasn't because mm. <laughs> he, yeah. uh, he's he's here. So um, yeah, I just think that I had to bring it up. It's a New Yorker, no, yeah. And we and and we shared almost the birthday. I learned that you know while covering it. his his birthday's one day before mine. We're not the same age. I know that's shocking, but uh, <laughs> but we're I, I I liked Mo I like Mo Harkless. So all right, yeah, that that's there. it. We've covered it all. Yeah, yeah. good work. Road games coming up. Going to be hard at Cleveland. Going to be hard. Clip. Wait, at Cleveland at Utah, right? And then then the two makeup games then for the, the playing tournament. And then uh, at Clippers. Then they come home, yeah. I think, for like six or seven. Then they go on the road for seven. So we'll yeah. see. All right. I'm Thanks interested in the Utah the... game. Sorry. I'm interested in the Utah, Utah game. Utah, yeah. That's a, team, that's a team they can beat. I actually picked them to win with the Utah game here. I was like, this is a team they can beat, and they won it. But they got Kessler oh, back, no. so that changes things. That does. That makes things difficult for Aiden, who was killing them last two games. Anyway, all right. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. Please click the subscription button and give us a five-star rating. We'd appreciate it. And uh, you know what? When we come back, maybe we'll have some more victories to talk about, Craig. Some more bright Man, that was positive. We were positive, positive today. Positivity. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening.